0: Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show is underway, brought to you by Refreshment Services Pepsi and Harvest Ridge Coffee. We're talking today about gourmet coffees and how grossly expensive they are. You can spend 10 to 12 bucks for a cup of coffee. You don't need to do that, folks. Harvest Ridge is fabulous. They have all different kinds of blends, and the beans are ground fresh, and so you can have a fresh ground cup of Harvest Ridge Coffee anytime you want at home or at your local convenience store. It's Wednesday, and that means that Laura Sievert is here to talk about everything that's happening in Arts Quincy. We start off with architecture. You know, that's part of the art world, too. Absolutely. The beautiful architectural buildings, and there are 500 buildings in the United States attributed to a Quincy architect, John Bania. And we're going to learn more about his legacy, the late John Bania, this Sunday uh, when the Historical Society invites a guest speaker to talk all about that. Please tell us. That's
1: right. Local architect Tony Crane is presenting the program called Binyap, Master of the Mid-Century. Um, this Sunday or so, no, I have to look at the calendar too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this Sunday. <laughs> it's this Sunday. Oh, girl. I don't know. It's this Sunday at 2 p.m. at the History Museum on the Square, right across the street uh, from the WTAD studio. Um, and he's going to be talking about what really, uh, first of all, defining mid-century design. It's sort of an aesthetic that, that you know when you see it, but maybe um, what are the defining characteristics of mid-century design? Talking about some of the most notable designs here in Quincy, which include um, St. Boniface Church um and the quincy regional airport said to be designed after the look of a the stem of a martini glass um
0: as yeah, well the uh, cocktail rings on a on a napkin and he said, Hey, that'd be a good design for an airport. Anybody who's ever been in our airport who's not from around here, they're like, Wow, this
1: is wild.
0: <laughs> it really we do is.
1: have a cool airport. We do have a cool airport. You're right. Um and that's you know, that's really the, the signature of his design was being inspired by some, some of the things that um were around him. So um and then of course uh, first uh, mid Illinois Bank here up the street, um on Main Street is another uh good example of Benya. So, I actually was uh, lucky enough to see some of this in advance. Uh, we were down in the history museum's basement where all of the uh, the blueprints are kept and really, I had no idea how prolific this architect was so um uh, tony's going to do a great job and and tell everybody all about it he's an architect himself so he can answer a lot of questions um and he's partially retired he still does some some work there um but he certainly knows his stuff when it comes to architecture so we're looking forward to it it is free uh they appreciate donations there at the door but um two o'clock this sunday at uh at the history museum
0: okay Lots of other stuff going on. Lots of art galleries and different activities going on. What's next?
1: That's right. We have three art shows to talk about. Three. That's amazing. Um, Kicking off with the John Wood Community College uh, uh, Heath Center Art Gallery. Um, If you don't know, um, Arts Quincy's own Jenna Seaborn, who is occasionally here for me, um, is the curator for that gallery. Um, And uh, the new show is called Mostly Faces. Uh, It is uh, featuring oil paintings and portraits. Um, They were influenced by Salvador Dali and Caravaggio, um, and it is um, a really neat uh, showcase of student um, artwork, um, as well as um, Nevin McNally, who is a professional artist here in town. Um, Some of the pieces are for sale, so if you're looking for something awesome for your house, um, particularly if you love a Dali style, um, you're going to really love this show. Um you can learn more by giving uh giving Jenna a shout. You can either catch her at Arts Quincy, but also JCborne at jwcc.edu is her email address um for the uh for the curation and they do a great job. That opening is five to seven on Wednesday the twenty fifth at the Heath Center. Okay. And the next one up is QU has also a, a brand new exhibit at Gray Gallery um for the Great River Watercolor Society. Their opening reception is this is next Friday, um, the twenty seventh, from four to five thirty. Um, but the show, uh, you know, goes on through the middle of February. Uh, this is the thirty third annual Great River Watercolor Show, and it shows their signature styles, their their most recent artwork, and again, some of those are for are for sale. Um, the exhibit is on display during their regular uh, hours there at Great Gallery at QU, um, and is worth stopping by. Okay. Next up we got one more art show, one more art show at uh, the Quincy Art Center, and this is probably my favorite of theirs all year long, which is the 49th annual uh high school competition. So, um both uh, teachers and students are in this competition and there are awards uh uh for for all of those categories. Um it is uh their reception is from 1 to 3 p.m. on Saturday the 28th. Um and students in a 50-mile radius, so not just Quincy students, but anybody in a 50-mile radius is competing. And awards are really great. They're up to a thousand dollars. Um, the teacher's exhibit gets a, a nice, uh, a, a donation towards classroom supplies. Um, and it's a lot of fun. So you can check that out at quincyartscenter.org. One more thing. One more thing. I'm going to give you one more thing, and it's our Valentine's Blood Drive. I'm really excited about this one. Um, If you don't know, the Yum Factory has um, uh, new ownership right now. Julie Miller is the new owner of Yum Factory, and she has signed on to be our exclusive 2023 Blood Drive sponsor. So we're elevating our snack game at the Blood Drive on Valentine's Day. (laughs) Um, from the Yum Factory. So, um, sign up, be a sweetheart. Uh, we would love to have you there. Um, Arts Quincy's team is still part of the top one percent of teams in the nation. So, uh,
0: you know, come help out. Come help out. And what kind of? So all these Yum Factory desserts. Yeah, they're will killer. We'll be killer. We'll be what all, you all
1: year long. So we're doing five blood drives. So about every sixty days, give or take. Um, you know, and I got to tell you, I've got some people that have donated so much. Um. Uh, and and made a lifetime commitment to blood drives and and really I think it's a service heart and a kindness that people do Um, a lot of us do it in memory of people that you know that we have lost to something that needed it really is one of those things that is touching you know I know it's tough and I know I'm literally asking for blood here and um, so I know that it is not a small ask. Um but uh my mom and dad both passed away of cancer and both needed blood products at different times. It's actually started in memory of my mom and um another friend of mine who lost his dad to to uh, blood cancer. So that's why we started doing them, and now we're one of the top 1% in the nation because we have awesome generous people. So um and mostly we have the best blood drive in town because we have great snacks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's I'm not going to lie, that's what we do. So <laughs> You want to you come you to Don't him.
0: do it because it's a great thing to do for your heart and soul. Do it for your tummy. Um, I'm telling you
1: that, that is, uh, that's the reason. Is, is people ask me, why how would you get so successful in the blood drives? I'm like,
0: snacks. Snacks. That's the key. Snacks. Laura Sievert, we love you. Thank you for stopping by. Up next, we're going to have Kathy Bull. Yes, Mrs. Stephen Bull what? is my guest, along with Sarah Russell. They're talking about a very special man in our community, the late, great Catholic priest, Father Roy Bauer, Kathy's uncle. And so she's going to talk about him and about the dinner in his honor. That's all coming up in three minutes. Stay tuned. We're back. Talk Radio 930, T A D. A rare moment. Uh, my second guest for the hour is Kathy Bowl. Her husband is my radio partner. Every day we share a husband, my work husband and your real-life husband. Have you ever been on the radio, Kathy?
2: You have been. Well, I mean, my major... In college was communications, and I actually was the program director of the college radio station while, while I was in school, so.
0: But what was the last time you were like... It's been a long time. stack stacks and Very, stacks and yeah. record wax. So, uh, is this your first appearance on WTAD?
2: I believe it's my first appearance on your show. Okay. But I think I've popped in and out a few okay. times.
0: Well, anyway, we're... We're going to ask her questions about what it's like to be married to Steve Bull, but that's not why she's (laughs) here today. Sarah Rushel also joins us. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. So glad to have you here. Yes. Uh, We're going to talk about the Friend of Catholic Education Dinner, Saturday night, February 4th, 6 p.m. at the Atrium on 3rd, and the honoree this year is Father Roy Bauer. Now, Father Bauer is deceased, but many people in the Quincy community, especially uh, parishioners at St. Peter's, will remember him. And the reason we have Kathy Bowl here is because, you know, Catholic priests are just like other human beings. <laughs> they have families. They have parents and siblings. Imagine and these are the nephews. And they actually don't just float around on a cloud like an angel. Uh, Roy Bauer is, was a real living human being, and he was your maternal uncle.
2: Correct. He, yes, was um, my mom's brother. And um, there were four kids in the family. Oh, my. I heard earlier sirens this morning. Now I'm hearing lots of honking.
0: <laughs> it's an not Irf Roy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: for sure. They probably heard us talking. So, yeah, he uh, was actually older than my mom, um, but he was, they were the two cl- that were together. So it was the three boys first, and then my mom was the baby. And since he was the last boy and they were kind of close in age, they were very, very close. And um, every time I look back on pictures and and things, it's so cute because he was five and she was, you know, just newborn. And then through the years, you watch them grow up and and she wouldn't be misbehaving in pictures. And he would be the one constantly with his hand around her, you know, trying to keep her in line. So I think that kind of lasted throughout their whole lives.
0: (laughs) That sibling relationship that, that lasts no matter what your occupation or profession is, even when you're a Catholic priest, you take care of baby sister. Yep. Do you know much about what prompted Roy Bauer to become a priest? I mean, it is a unique calling. There are fewer and fewer people are choosing that path.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because um, we actually used to argue about this quite a lot. He would tell me all the time that he knew, he just knew from the time he was three, as in one, two, three years old, from the time he was three years old, he always knew he wanted to be a priest. I said, that's not even possible. He goes, well, why not? I said, because people cannot remember being three years old. And we would go round and round, and of course we would get laughing. But I still have a hard time believing that he could remember being three years old. I can't. Uh, my first memories of m- my young time would probably be about kindergarten. So but about Kathy, five. God wasn't speaking that's to you true. directly. Very so true.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know when God <laughs> speaks to you and you're three years old and says, "Roy, I want you to grow up to become a priest and and, and so, take care of your little baby sister who's not here yet." But that's one of your big jobs. Yes. And then so you one of
2: his little projects then when he was in grade school was he he built his own little altar and kind of little church down in the basement there's some amazing pictures of that so he used to you know dress up as a priest and pretend to say that it really is amazing because
0: you know a lot of people you talk about the call and of course we're all called in different ways to do different things in our lives and he answered the call very early and stuck to it so no dating for Roy? Did he ever have a little girlfriend? Nope, or? nope, nope. Stuck to it. And he went away, back in the olden days, you, if you wanted to be a priest, like when you were in high school, you went away to seminary.
2: Right. Do and, and and you know
0: much about that time in his life?
2: Um, Not very much. I mean, we talked about it a little, but he uh, was in Mundelein, I know, Illinois, so... Um, it Where was, many priests uh, yeah. today are still being poor. And, and, you know, obviously in the that time frame, which would have been like probably the 40s, uh, it, you know, travel wasn't as easy as it is now. So, you know, he didn't get to see his parents and his family that much. But that was, you know, he like you said, it was his calling he knew. On a side note, your your radio husband always <laughs> knew that he was going to be on the radio. So I guess, like you said, there is something... Different, you know, about the people that know exactly what they want to do from yeah. the time they, you know, were very young. But yeah, he had his toy record players and spun records and always knew. Yeah, I knew I was going to be a tall, beautiful blonde. It's <laughs> yes, amazing
0: and it, how I knew. And that. look at you now. Why are you laughing, Sarah Rush? I can't <laughs> believe it. So let's fast forward because obviously you don't remember him in his childhood. You're younger than him. But did he marry you?
2: Was he the officiant
0: at your he wedding? He was.
2: He was. He actually married my parents. Then he he married Steve and I, and he married our daughter and son-in-law, which um, actually afterwards I got asking him questions about it. I said, is this the first time that you've ever done three generations in the same family? And he said, as a matter of fact, I think it is. I, he goes, I hadn't even thought of that. So that was always something very special.
3: Yeah,
0: that it would be very special. And there may be others, but who documents that? And a lot of times, a Catholic priest doesn't necessarily remember everyone over a span of lifetimes. So let's talk and fill in, Sarah, if you need to. Kathy, I know it's your family, but you may not have dates. When was Father Bauer born? What year and and what year did he die?
2: Uh, He was born in
0: 1934. Um, So he was a depression baby, for sure. And died in uh, 2017. And in fact, my husband and I had dinner with him at a fish fry at uh, St. Anthony's right before he passed away and he was so vigilant never missing mass in fact strangely after Father Bauer passed he had pre-recorded the mass for shut-ins isn't it true that he actually was the officiant on television for a broadcast mass after his death
2: I honestly did not know that but it would not surprise me it's just the way. I, I, I remember him being in the hospital on Good Friday, and at that time, thinking that really I was I would have been surprised. I was did not think he was going to make it through the day. It was he was that bad off. Yet, 48 hours later, he was doing mass on Easter Sunday. I mean, he he co celebrated the mass, but you know he didn't do it by himself. But I thought, well, that's just amazing because. You know, in the Catholic faith, the Easter is the day. <laughs> it's a Super Bowl for priests. Exactly. Get out of your get out of your hospital bed, Roy, and get down. There. That's exactly right.
0: That's kind of indicative, though, and uh, that's why I'm sure he was chosen as the friend of Catholic education. Not just because he was a priest, but let's also talk. I mean, obviously, Kathy. Uh, you know, when you're a priest. You probably cling to your nieces and nephews especially because you're not going to have kids of your own. So your chance to be around your family's children is very important and very special to you. Uh, was he an uh, extra special uncle to you? Was it different with Roy as your uncle? Or I mean, I bet you, you never cussed around him. I, well, bet, I, huh? can,
2: I can tell you that all the other kids at St. Dominic's were very, very jealous of us. Because we knew that every Monday was when he would come to Quincy. That was his day off. Um, And so his main reason, of course, to come to Quincy was to visit his parents. But we also knew that every Monday when that bell rang at 3 o'clock on, you know, at St. Dominic's, we flew out of there because we were all going to get piled into Uncle Roy's car, and we were going to have candy because (laughs) he had that car stacked full of candy for all of us. And then there was always some great adventure that we you know went on so and of
0: course he wasn't stationed in Quincy at that time no, he was returning huh? yeah and then he took a very long it's unusual how long he served at St. Peter's uh priests
2: move around every three to six years traditionally. Yeah, well, he he was 14 years in Calhoun County too, so that was a very also long time. Why
0: did Roy get to stay so many places
2: so long? That's very unusual for a priest not to be moved about. Right. I think in in Calhoun County, he was the pastor of four different parishes in four different towns. Um, I don't know how anyone has that amount of energy to do that, but he did. And I, I'm guessing that the bishop, you know, probably realized he was not going to find anybody else that was willing to do that. So, yeah, for 14 years, he was there. And Then he came to Quincy then eventually. Um, Steve and I were going, we, we actually were going to have to go down to Harden to do our, you know, pre-marriage counseling and all that kind of stuff. And then he called me with the good news that he said, hey, you guys don't have to come to Harden, you know, to, to do your, I said, why? And he goes, I'm moving to Quincy. And I mean, he was very, very excited. So he moved the year that we got married. That this is morning. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just in time to do yep, your wedding. He right. done
0: your parents' wedding. He did your wedding, and then he did uh, Kylene's wedding That's too. Correct. So that yeah. is that is so exciting. The friend of Catholic education, though, um, as you mentioned, it was a little bit more than just candy. But one thing that Father Roy Bauer really did for students in, in instilling in them a love, and I think a chance for them to think they could be priests which I think is a very important vocational thing. But he liked the kids to travel. He liked to teach and tell them about things. And who wants to talk about that? Because, you know, Father Roy Bower's trip to Washington, D.C., I mean, people were jealous, you know. And I think it's the precursor for most all of the Catholic forays now out and
2: about. Oh, uh, there was a wait list, I know, for um, people volunteering to be chaperones. Who does that? I mean, yeah. most people you can't you can't get them to Chaperone. Yeah. Like, get my kids out of here and, for a week. Yeah, Fine, there I'm there not going a with them. List of the parents who who wanted to be
0: on, you know, that trip. And why yeah. was that important to him? I mean, the friend of education, you know, again, you talk about a priestly duty. Obviously, if you have a school, a parish, you say, you know, the parishes, the school is a very important part of it. But what did he do for education and for youth that was so unique that he gets this honor, Sarah?
3: Well, if you look back over at his time in Calhoun County, what he was able to do with the the parishes and the schools down there, and then as you look at his time here at St. Peter, you know, St. Peter grew, the school grew um, very steadily during his time as pastor there. Um, And and one of the really neat things about him, and this kind of goes back to this trip to Washington, D.C., is he was a historian. He loved history. He loved Quincy history. Um, a lot of what we know and, and um, work on with, you know, Father Tolton and, and his sainthood comes from the research that Father Bauer did. And so it was really neat with this Washington trip to see him marry his love of history with his love of education. And so he started it in Calhoun County and continued that once he came here to Quincy. Um, I saw a number that there were more than 2,000 chaperones and students who took that trip with Father Bauer over the course of like 45 plus years. Um, so it's really, um, interesting to see and to talk to people who over those years went. Um, it is a very clear and vivid time in their life. Um, it definitely left a lasting impression. And, um, of course, while they were in D.C., they were going to the National Basilica. And so they took time to have mass there and research and learn about the Catholic faith. Um, so it was, you know, this great marriage of, Catholic faith, history, um, and and a pilgrimage with you know this lovely man who all along the road I've heard trip uh, stories from the trips of he would the entire time have something to tell and talk about whether it's the interstate system or any number of things um, from start to finish it was it was education that he was instilling in it, and a love of learning in those kids and in those adults education education
0: education mm-hmm. you mentioned he's been a big uh, proponent for Father Tolton's cause and has done written books. He's written books about the history of many churches. He he had an organ. What did he have in his house in his apartment when he passed away, Kathy? Wasn't there like a an organ? Oh, or he, yeah, he did have he an organ. An organ. An or who? Yeah, who owns? <laughs> I'm sorry. Who owns their own organ? You know. And I remember um, uh, a lot of his books. You asked me, what should, what am I going to do with all these books? And I said, well, the Quincy Public Library. And I remember we took a whole pickup truckload of Father Bauer's, uh many of his uh, books that were not necessarily uh, sacred things that were going to other church things, but just the man the was history. an interesting man, mm-hmm. had a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah. And so was he always that way? Do you remember him always being a smarty pants? <laughs> or was it just fun and
2: games when he was around you? There were, I guess, mostly fun and games, but yeah, I mean, he, what, like the way Sarah said, I mean, he, he managed to teach in such an interesting way that, you know, it wasn't a kids are zoning out and, you know, I mean, you were actually on the edge of your seat, you know, waiting to hear the rest of the story. Well, I have to share one little thing because
0: I didn't know Father Bauer very well, and probably when I knew him. The best was when I was a volunteer for Mass for Shut-Ins. And I will say this, you know, Mass for Shut-Ins is a 28-minute program, and you better be done in 28 minutes because that's it. You know, they're not going to show anymore. Well, one day, Father, had, Father Bauer had this intensive three-part, you know, there's three things I want to get across today in this big historical, some historical talk, so some feast day or something it was happening i don't remember what it was but it was all about these doors okay so i'm sitting in the audience which is very minimal i mean we're just we're taping this we're pre-recording this and father bauer starts to talk and we did the talk after the consecration and communion so that you would be sure to get that in because that was the key part of the show and father bauer started to talk and it went down to zero and father bauer kept talking (laughs) And kept talking. and you know, the five or six of us that were there in the audience, we just sat there because we wanted to hear the end of the story. And I always laughed. I thought, I felt so sorry for people that Sunday morning at 1030 because they're going to get the start of a really great three parts. There's three things I want you to learn today, A, B, and C. And he only got to A and a half. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and that was the end. But it was so interesting because nobody said, you know, Father, it's over. The control room didn't say, wrap it up. You know, we just all sit there enthralled, wanting to hear the end of his sermon. He didn't have very good time management that day, but it
2: was really interesting. That's very, yeah, that's very, very unusual the time yeah, management was, thing. Because he always it, yeah. was
0: known for short mass. Sure. Very, right? yeah.
2: five minute maths. I, I mean Well see, he was doing a forty five minute math. Only trouble was he only <laughs> that. that's right. Oh on a side note, before you know, in my previous life when I worked at KHQA that that actually was one of my jobs was to record the mass. I don't I don't think I ever had the privilege of, you know, being the director on any of his masses but, but I did used to do that so I know exactly what you're talking about as far as the countdown and the time. I also remember when Steve and I uh were getting married, we had uh a few friends that weren't Catholic, not a lot, um, but they, they said, "What? It's going to be a mass and everything!" <laughs> I said, "Oh, don't you worry." So absolutely, still, even with the wedding vows and all everything else, 45 minutes
0: that's one of the reasons he was. it's a terrible reason to be popular but a lot of people say I'm going to Father Bauer the 45 minute mass and we are out of there many priests could take a good because he he held your attention you know you wanted to hear you weren't Mm -hmm. sitting there going okay uh, three minutes into this you've said you know be good don't sin you know try to avoid the fires of hell let's move on but he always had something a lot more interesting to say than just that Uh, we're going to take a break Kathy may have to return to her real job. Kathy, you also, are you still the only person with that uh, uh, certification for pharmacy? Brag about yourself. As far as I know. Yeah. Okay, well, brag about yourself. No, please don't make me do that. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Please do. I mean, do tell because, you know, Steeple, you know, people think we're married. People think Steve and I are married. This beautiful redhead is his real wife. And you are quite an accomplished person on your own. So please tell us about the honor you have, the title you hold.
2: Well, um, I guess after my time in broadcasting, I did a complete you know, 180 um, and, and went into pharmacy. And um, I've actually been with Blessing for just celebrating my 29th year with them. Um, I got my certification pretty early on uh, at a time when it really wasn't very common for most people to do that um, now it it kind of i believe in the state of Illinois it's it's a requirement you don't have to have it to start in pharmacy but you eventually have to get it and uh, a few years ago they started a new program and um it's an actually an advanced certification so there is a lot more education testing etc um and i i actually did that a couple years ago so yeah. I have the little advance after my title.
0: And mm-hmm. even though you've done this now and had this title for months, you still, we think, are the only person around here that has gone on and gotten that extra education. We're not sure. As, but as we far as come. I know. Okay. Yeah. I could so, be wrong. And then one question, I've got to let you go, and I have to do the farm markets. What's it like being married to Steve Bull? Come on. You never complain about When we work together, that's what the You know how women are always like, oh, my husband leaves the socks in the middle of the room. Or, you know, my husband was in a bad mood last night. I never once, ever once heard a bad word come out of your mouth about Steve. Of course, now I've got plenty of bad
2: words for him because I work <laughs> with him. But what's it like being married to Steve Bull? Everybody knows him. It, it, yeah, that is kind of sometimes a little strange when you're out and about and people start talking to him and... You know, most of the time he, he does know who they are. I don't maybe know who they are. But there are times when, yeah, they'll walk away and neither one of us had any idea who they were. But they know Steve because they know the voice and they know the name. And um, so what
0: don't we know about him? Because we see, hear him here on the radio. What kind of a husband is he?
2: He's a great husband. I mean, 37 years. So well, I guess I can't complain. Um, oh, no,
0: you can. <laughs> and
2: many women do.
0: That's the point
2: I'm making. But, but he doesn't. I mean, he does, you know, he he. He is so easygoing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's the difference between
0: a real wife (laughs) and a work wife. Now, this is interesting, though, because Steve always bosses me around. Of course, he is my boss. He doesn't ever boss you around at home, does he? No. No. You know. So, is it more like you kind of lead where where we follow? Is it happy wife, happy life?
2: I, I think we both just you know it's a partnership it always has been uh you know back in the the day when I first started at the hospital I worked um nights I, I went in at two thirty and worked till 11 o'clock at night and uh oh I'm getting the
0: we're getting the wrap-up from Steve Bull. See, does he ever walk in to when you're making dinner with his arm oh, and no, his hand absolutely. on his see? Would you tolerate this kind of behavior in your home? Absolutely not. Okay, I have to deal with it every day. <laughs> Kathy, you get back to work. Sarah, you stay put. We're going to do the farm market, so I keep my job, maybe. And uh, as you heard, Steve Bull's a wonderful husband, a great guy. Kathy's a very accomplished woman in her own right. The woman behind the man who gets him up and kicks him out of bed every morning at whatever ungodly time the alarm goes off. And you don't have to go to work that early, do you? Not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) So we'll be right back. And thank you. We are back. Remaining moments. Kathy Bowl, who is the niece, the maternal niece of Father Roy Bauer, who is being honored this year with the Friend of Education Award for the Catholic uh, Elementary Schools. The dinner is Saturday, February 4th at 6. The Executive Director of the Catholic Schools uh, Elementary Foundation, Sarah Russell, is also here. And Sarah, um, everyone is invited to this event. The tickets are $100. All the proceeds, of course, benefit Catholic school children, something Father Bauer would greatly appreciate are there still tickets available and how do we get tickets?
3: There are and we um, RSVPs are open through the end of this week. Um, You can call my office, you can go online to quincycatholicschools.org and get purchase tickets online. Um, You can find my phone number on quincycatholicschools.org. But yeah, it is certainly open to anyone and everyone who would like to join us, who would like to celebrate what Father Bauer did for Catholic education in our community and, and who want to support the foundation. Our foundation provides tuition assistance for families who wish to send their kids to school at one of our four elementary schools. Um, We don't ever want a financial barrier to be what keeps a family from sending their child to one of the schools. So that's what our foundation does. Um, And over the past about 12 years, we've given um, more than $1.06 million in tuition assistance. So we are very proud of being able to do that, and it is because of the community's support and belief in Catholic education that we're able to do so.
0: And Father Bauer, more than anyone, I mean, they never turned anybody away at St. Peter's. I'm right. sure if there was a size limitation, I mean, it couldn't take everybody. But I think most of the Catholic schools today, uh, people say, I couldn't afford to send my kid to Catholic school. They'll find a way for that to happen. Absolutely. Everybody is entitled, in Quincy at least, to a Catholic education just like a public school education. Absolutely. We've made it to where anybody, anybody can do it. Is it unusual? Is this the first priest that we've had be named? Or, or you may not even know that. Um, yeah.
3: You know what? It might be, but I don't know that I've ever stopped to look at that. I because think usually it is.
0: Your big family fills up all the, you know, your, your, uh, you know, Catholic education, a, a husband or wife, and they've got yeah. 18 kids and all these great kids. So now we have to have people who not only are blood-related, to fill a seat or two, but we need everybody who ever had anything to do with Father Bauer to come, those 2,000 people who took that trip to Washington, <laughs> D.C., those people who remember this man and what he did for them and what he did probably, because there's multi-generations there at St. Peter's that had him, so it's really important that we, that we honor him. And Kathy, you've been putting together a lot of his historical facts and, and things about Father Bauer, right? Are you talking about
2: professionally or, or well, personally just, I
0: mean because there that has to be some guy haven't you been getting uh, pictures out and pictures oh, oh yeah. yeah
2: yeah, I have taken uh, some stuff over to Sarah to put together I believe that there's a video that's being put because together because you
0: might not even know all the professional things he did because like you're oh. not talking about that at birthday parties
2: no was he
0: ever a monsignor no no mm-hmm. oh was he bitter <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> he doesn't strike me as one who would have been bitter
0: no. But see, now she's his niece, so she's like, no, he should have been Pope, you know? Did you ever think, oh, that's another question. You're a little girl. Did you ever think, my Uncle Roy might be Pope someday? I mean, you had to think that every once in a while, didn't you? Because, I mean, everybody always said, I always used to think whatever priest was my priest was like, are you going to be the Pope?
2: <laughs> oh, I, I don't think they're, you know, that's the thing that happens from the United States very often. Well,
0: you probably thought, well, you can still come to my birthday party and bring me candy, even oh. if you're the Pope. Oh.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Speaking of birthdays, I, I do remember a quick story. Um, I believe I was about nine, and I was so excited when I woke up on my birthday because, you know, it was always a big thing, like, that we got to have whatever we wanted for supper. It was, you know, our choice. We, I was in a, came from a pretty big family. So uh, the, day, the day wore on and wore on and wore on. I never heard one word, not one single person said anything about my birthday. And I kept thinking that somebody would say something at some point. Come on, Mom, please. And then at bedtime, I, I just said, Well, I, I, I guess, you know, today was my birthday, and you should have seen my mother's face fall. She was horrified, absolutely forgot my birthday. But then in, in her mom way, you know, of course, ha <laughs> made it a joke, told Uncle Roy about it, and um, Uncle Roy made sure that I got a five dollar bill and you will know as well as I do that back then to get a five dollar bill was a huge big deal and all of my brothers and sisters were totally jealous they're like mom can you forget my birthday too <laughs> <laughs> I love it. but he said he said that he had had his birthday forgotten, and he knew what it felt like, so he wanted to make sure that I was taken care of. Aww.
0: So great. Well, we'll leave on that note. Our American Stories is next. Thank you for joining me today, Sarah Russell and Kathy Bowl.